Welcome to In the Little Things podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Annabelle. Isn't it easy to worship God when we are on the mountaintop? When it feels like everything is great, things are going well, nothing's wrong, or if it is going wrong, like it's very minor. Um, it reminds me so much of when we were traveling and I would get out, um, we would take hikes and when you finally came to the top of a cliff or a mountain or whatever, you could just see out into this vast endless landscape that was just beautiful and there was fresh air all around and I might be smelling the sugar pines out west especially, which were wonderful, um, but pine trees and just fresh air, it was wonderful. I love the countryside. Oh Anytime my Anytime I could get to the country to see exactly and smell the aroma Yes, it's wonderful. It just invokes worship and praise and awe of the Creator, right? And right. And so, very often, I find myself thinking of easier times in life or good times as mountaintop experiences because right. it's so easy to praise in right. that time. But what about the valleys? Mm. You know, when we were down in the valley, um, sometimes we could be lost. Not, not always, but you certainly couldn't see beyond, you know, you didn't have this vast view. It could be beautiful. Uh, there might be a mountain stream. There might be something, but you couldn't see into the distance, right? Right. Um, and when you're lost, you want to be able to see where you are. What, what do you do? You want to get to a high point to be able to kind of get your bearings, right? Right. So a lot of times we, we refer to the low moments as valleys in our lives. And so the question is, although we can feel God so strongly on the mountaintop, is he really in the valleys too? Right. Yeah. You know? And and I do believe valleys are a way in which God gives us that solitude that we need in life but at the same time he shows us that he is there that he walks, the, it with us. walks with mm-hmm. us and is our comfort our strength right. when things have gone you know when we get lost in that valley right yeah so we're not alone we right. have god walking with us the whole time and you know matthew 28 20 in that verse jesus is he has just wrapped up talking about the great commission mm-hmm. he knows although the, the disciples don't know how much persecution they're going to face right he's well aware of it it's not going to take him by surprise and he knows what's coming you know down the road for them and and he tells them to go out and to preach the good news but then he reminds them and surely i am with you always even to the end of the age he never leaves them alone in that Mm-hmm. He walks it with them, and um, he reassures them that one of the last things that we have him telling us, the, the disciples, before he ascends into heaven, is that he will be with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that we have, a privilege and an honor that we have, he shows us that he is with us, he's loving us through it, but also that he's our friend. He's the closest thing we have to true friendship, to unconditional right. love. A song that comes to mind, I tend to think in song form. I don't know why, but <laughs> I've always... I <laughs> songwriter, Annabelle. <laughs> so whenever, you know, I'm listening to somebody speak regarding Jesus and regarding God, I always think of song lyrics. What songs have impacted in me to remind me of his love and mm-hmm. his friendship? And in this case, when I think of a valley and I hear you speaking of the beauty of of who God is as our friend, I think of the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Oh, yeah. You know, and one of the the clinchers for me in this song is that when we're going through a valley, what are we to do but to go to God in prayer for 
repentance or for guidance or for help in our time of need. If you look up the lyrics of What a Friend We Have in Jesus, they're absolutely amazing and applicable even to today, mm -hmm. even though it was written in the 1800s. It's applicable today. Look at verse 2. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The person who wrote this um, song was Joseph Scriven, and I'm hoping I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> he was engaged two times in Ireland, and both times his fiancés perished right before their wedding. Oh, my Gosh, how so, devastating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he knew what pain was. He Ugh. knew the loss. He knew the anguish and the despair. Mm -hmm. If you think of your loved one dying, you know, and what pain that he was bearing. And yet, amazingly, through prayer, going down on his knees and saying, not saying, Lord, I can't believe you did this to me. Right. Instead, he came and said, Lord, help me through my despair. Tell me what it is that you want me to learn from this. To be with me, mm -hmm. abide in me, and I give you this burden. I give you this loss, this pain for you to bear for me. Mm -hmm. And that's how he penned what a friend we have in Jesus. It's such a beautiful story. It is, but you know what? He Maybe he did in the beginning. Maybe he did go to God and say, God, why? Mm -hmm. Why? This makes no sense. Why would you do this? And maybe it was accusatory. I mean, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes I go to the Lord like that. You know, why? Why? We just want to know why. It's so... It's such a desperate plea to know, but God knows that. He mm -hmm. knows that we wonder that. And often throughout scripture, even in the Psalms, we'll see that desperation and then the acknowledgement. Because as you're talking to the Lord, he is talking to your spirit. Right. Right. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit's in you and he is comforting you and he is showing you something that you could, like a this clarity that you could not have if you weren't bringing it before him. I mean, there's no reason to hide that mm. desperate feeling because God knows it anyhow. Yeah. He knows yeah. what we're going through. Mm -hmm. um, so it's he a gets choice. It. It's a choice to come to him and say, I know, Lord, you're sovereign. Right. And I know, Lord, there's a purpose behind this. You have to make that choice to go to him and go to him in prayer. And he will reveal his love and through the valley. Right. You know, when we were younger, when, when I was, well, we were all younger, but I was very young. I was a little girl, about five, uh, when we moved to this little, little country town. And when it just, we'd been there, we loved it. Um, but a couple years into that, the recession of 1979 hit. Mm. Okay. It was very, very bad. And my dad was, he worked in skilled trade. He was a pipe fitter at Ford Motor Company. And of course, we all know when a recession hits, people stop buying things, right? especially big things. So right. people stopped buying vehicles. They weren't mm -hmm. buying cars anymore. Uh, businesses weren't buying fleet vehicles um, much anymore and that kind of thing. And so, of course, in Michigan, I mean, that is, you know. That's the Motor main, City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody just left and right people were losing jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, just everybody was losing jobs. It was terrible. It was a very, very bad recession. And I think it was felt particularly hard in areas like that, in the Rust Belt and in industrial areas like that. My family was hit terribly hard because my father was one who was laid off. And of mm -hmm. course, when you have thousands of people laid off, 
those jobs that are available go very, very quickly. So my father is a super hard worker. I mean, we will, we can all tell you he is in fact a workaholic. Wow. Like he has to always have something to do. (laughs) If he doesn't have something to do, he creates something to do. Right. So he is a workaholic and really tried very hard to find employment everywhere. He Mm -hmm. was applying, even though he had a skill he was applying in restaurants. He was applying to you know, pizza delivery. And even though we were in a very small town and he applied for all the jobs there, he spread out and he tried to find jobs elsewhere and there was nothing. Mm. No thing. Nothing available. That's a big valley. It is. And you know, it can feel that way even right now. People are going, right. a lot of people in our area. I was going to say, right now, <laughs> during after 2020, there's a lot of job losses. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. How many tens of thousands from Disney alone right mm-hmm. here in Central Florida. And so we know people all over the board who've lost jobs and are in a very similar position. Yeah. Well, back then, uh, my parent, my mom was working. She is a, a nurse. Um, she ended up retiring as a registered nurse, but Back then, she was working as an LPN, so she was not the one who was the largest breadwinner in our family. It was my dad, and we really depended on that job. Right. And what happened is that um, as the months went on and no job came, it got more and more serious of a financial um, strain. It was very terrible Yeah. to the point where my mom was budgeting when she could buy a bar of soap wow. for the family. A bar of soap. Annabelle, that's something you can get at the dollar store. Yes, yes. And that's something that you absolutely need, too. I mean, right. it's a necessity. And so there were five of us. It was my mom and dad and three very little kids. And they're budgeting for something that's like a dollar. Right. right. And so she had it planned out when she could get this. So, of course, gas for the car is the most important because she has to drive to work. Right. right. We're in the country. She's got to drive into work. And one Sunday... She looked at my dad. They woke up, and she said, Stuart, we just we don't have enough money. We don't have any money to put gas in the car, and we don't have enough gas probably for me to even get to work, work. tomorrow, mm-hmm. let alone home from work. Wow. And so that's, you know, a very bad situation. Nowadays, if we run out of gas, it's usually for forgetfulness, right? Right. But for them, it was if they ran out of gas, there would be nothing to even put gas back in that car. So my dad said, okay, well, we obviously can't go to our church that we normally go to, which, you know, oh, is about boy, 25 yeah. miles, 30 miles round trip, but it's a lot there's of gas. This, yeah, there's this little community church in town and we can go there and see what it's like. And my mom said, Stuart, I just don't think that, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get to work and home. If we drive even a couple miles there and a couple miles back, it's even less wow. likely I'll be able to get home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's how bad of the situation it was. But my dad said, you know, we're going to pray. We're, they prayed about it. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's it. We're, we're going to go to church. We're, we're just going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, let's take these kids, load them up in the car. We're going to go. And they did. My parents are very private people. You know, they didn't, as kids, we did not know how bad it was. Mm-hmm. We knew that we were getting help from other areas. We knew that my dad was looking for a job, but they never let on how bad it was. So we certainly weren't telling people you know, our situation, we bounded in and made new friends and had a good time um, at this little church. And my mom and dad went They're again, they're, they're quiet about their lives. They don't share that kind of thing. So they did not share that with people. But at the end of the service, a man came up to them, an older gentleman, and he gave them a $20 bill. What? And he said, I don't know what you two are going through, 
but the Lord put it on my heart mm. to give this to you, and I want you to have it. Wow, that is amazing. So you can just imagine the tears of gratitude and the the joy and the thankfulness because they knew God was with him. They knew that God had walked them through that. And, and that God would provide in the end, knowing fully well the fullest picture of what is happening. They honored God by attending church with their family. Right. And knowing fully well, your father probably knew, I don't have to depend on a job because God will provide right. regardless. And that was just proof of God, who God is when right. we're in that deep, deep, deep valley that God is our resource. He's a provider. He's our Jehovah Jireh, who right. who, who will always rescue us, yes. no matter what the what and the situation course, we fall into. There was someone else in that situation who honored God, and that was that man, mm-hmm. you know, who went to them and gave them twenty dollars. He just felt that urge, and he he acted upon it. So often we feel something, but there's not an act action. behind the compassion that we're we're feeling. You're right. right. There's not that action. Um, but, you know, one of the poems that we had hanging in our house, and I can understand now mm-hmm. why it was so special to my parents, is Footprints in the Sand. Oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so in Footprints in the Sand, one of the sections that I love is that, you know, basically it's this dream that a believer has as he's walking along the beach and he's seeing scenes of his life flash before him. And there are always two foot pair of footprints in the sand, mm-hmm. one belonging to him and one belonging to the Lord. And so he's comforted just knowing that Jesus is walking alongside him. But as he looks back at the end, he realizes during the hardest parts of his life, the valleys, the valleys, only one set of footprints is there. And so he goes to the Lord and says, I don't, I don't understand this. Like, right. why would you leave me when I needed you most? And the Lord looks at him and says, I would never do that. He says, during your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Mm-hmm. And isn't it true that God carries us during those times? He's not going to leave us. But unless we go to him, unless we talk to him about it, he cannot give us the perspective and explain to our souls what's happening and how to make it through. And how he was there, not only in the good times, but in the valleys, he not only was there, but he picks us up and carries our burdens for us during that deep valley. Right. He is always doing that, but we feel it most. Yes. When we take it to him and just give the burden over. Yes. Release it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what Joseph in his song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, when he hit that despair of losing his loved ones, he took that valley and gave it over to Jesus and said, in, in my despair, I forfeit this to you and replace it with peace, with your peace, with mm-hmm. your love, and with your strength as you carry me through the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's that's a wonderful analogy. Not only the the story in which your parents trusted God at a time when they needed resources but didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And how this man came out of the blue and said, I hear you, Lord, and I will be obedient to you by doing what you're you're asking me to do. I will bless this family. I don't know their circumstances. I don't need to know their circumstances. All I have to do is follow you. In both cases, as receiver and giver, 
we're trusting God. Right, right. And that's the key. Trust him in your valley and give him your burdens. He says in his uh, scripture, do not worry for it is a sin. When you worry, what you're doing is you're not trusting God. Right. So here, not only with your parents' obvious valley that they went through and with Joseph's uh, song, they're trusting God through mm-hmm. their valleys. I don't know about you, Jen, but um, when you were traveling, there's two. There's a place in Arizona that I absolutely love. When I first discovered Sedona, Arizona, I remember you writing um, on Facebook, <laughs> we're going through Arizona. Are there any places you would recommend to see? And I was like, bold caps. <laughs> Sedona. You okay. need to go through you know Sedona. You remember that? <laughs> yes, but you know what's hilarious? And we were not going to stop in Sedona. So we were on this massive, I don't know if you remember, but we had been like four months stuck with repairs. Yes. So by the time we started traveling, we had promised family out in California, like we will be there uh-huh. by Thanksgiving. Right. And so, and Ollie was working, so we could never travel during work hours. We had a couple hours every night to make it all the way across the country. Yeah, I remember So that. we weren't even going to stop in Sedona. No offense right, right, to what right. your recommendation was, yeah. but it was in a literal valley that God took us to. Exactly. Do you want, do you want exactly. do you remember? We broke down. down. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. And that's why I bring it up because I remember that the, the whole, you're, you're like, oh, I don't know if I could stop there. We have no gas. We had no valleys. choice. And yeah. Okay, so, so let me... So what happened was um, we, our serpentine belt broke. We didn't know what broke. All mm-hmm. we knew is that suddenly it was overheating big time. And so the motorhome, we'd been going up and up and up and up. And so you'd go yeah, up a climb. little and then it's straight away and then up, up a, little, a little bit straight. more. And we'd yep. gotten to the top of, we didn't know it at the point, but we pretty much got to the top of this um climb and the rest of it was going to be all going down and it all led to, into Sedona. Right. We did not know it. All we knew is as we got to the very top, we totally broke down. We had to shut it off. The engine was good, but we couldn't let it overheat. Mm-hmm. So we turned it off and we sat there for hours on the side of the highway uh-huh. at the top, just waiting for somebody to come by. And we had a service. They were supposed to come tow us, but because we were 42 feet long they right. couldn't get a tow truck out there wow that was big enough to pull us into any of the shops right so i said okay i'll take the kids in we you know we have seven people so in a motor home um, when you're driving down the road you can't have those slides some people call them pop outs but the slides have to be in right we cannot pull out beds unless those slides are open which is not safe to do on the side of a road of course right. because, because if you'll it's knock hit, everybody else yes. right so um, we were wondering, what are we going to do? So in the end, I took the kids into town, and we got a hotel, and Ollie just sat there waiting for hours more. I mean, at this point, I think six hours, wow. eight hours went by. Whole day. And they kept saying somebody was coming, but they weren't. So we went to the hotel, and the next morning, I called, and I said, well, what happened? And he said, they never showed up. <gasps> wow. But I'm in Sedona. Now, we had taken the car, right? It's not like we had two cars behind the motorhome. So I'm thinking, if no one showed up and it's not fixed, how did you get into Sedona? And he said, you are never going to believe what happened. <laughs> and I 
Marilyn will tell me she won't believe anything at this point. He says, well, it turns out we were at the very top and it was just miles of downhill. Right. Miles and miles of it. Right. So I turned it on just to kind of get us, I turned on the engine just to kind of get us over that first hill. And then I just turned off the engine and I glided all wow. the way. So occasionally there would be a little uphill and I would um, have to turn it on just for five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I'd glide and it said I literally glided all the way down into a campground. Wow. Which was at the very bottom, bottom of ups. the hill. Yep. It was crazy that he made that. But it was cool because we made some really neat connections and we got to explore the town you wanted to Yes. Explore. It's and your it, fault. It's my <laughs> fault you got to see the beauty of Sedona. Well, oh, and it is lovely. And I bring it up because Sedona is a valley. It's in the middle of yes. all these beautiful old mountains of red rocks oh it's gorgeous and when we first went to Sedona my husband and I we went simply because I fell in love with the red rocks Mm -hmm. and my mother-in-law at the time had a timeshare so obviously we wanted to travel and we didn't have kids yet so we were like now's the time to do all this before we start a family and so we went to Sedona and we and we discovered the same thing we got a, I don't remember if it was a, it was a small car. It was a four-cylinder car. Could not get over the mountains. Oh. Could not do the climb that your, your <laughs> RV did. And because we would always fly to, to Phoenix and then from there drive to Sedona. And when we got into Sedona, the very first day we were there, we decided to do a hike because that's what we oh, did. Oh, yeah, that's what you and do in that's Sedona. That's what you do in Sedona. And I remember it was so late in the day, the sun was starting to like, not set, but it was getting darker and you could see that the sun was going to set probably in the next hour. And I said to Alex, let's go for a, a, a simple hike around Bell Rock. Yeah. Bell Rock is a uh, an old, old, old rock that was in the Western movies, mm-hmm. and I recognize it from it, that. Yeah. Well, we tried to climb it, but then the sun started to set. That's scary. And it was extremely scary because we could not tell if we were even on the trail. Mm. We kept going around and around mm. this rock. I think we circled it three times, so we were told. And there was a resident of Sedona at the tippy top of Bell Rock. And she was watching <laughs> watching these hermits just go around and around and around. From the benefit of her mountaintop view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she was on the top, she could see us. And she realized these people are tourists. They're lost. They're going around and around. And the sun's coming down. I, in the meantime, being a believer and being very scared at the time, I started to pray. Oh, my Lord, Heavenly Father, please don't let the snakes come out of these rocks. <laughs> I am petrified of snakes, scorpions, anything that could bite me. Please, oh. God, send me an angel. I was praying this the entire time, and I'm going, Alex, we're off the, we're off the trail, and I'm panicking. And I'm saying, Lord, please send me somebody. Please send me somebody. You get me out of here. Well, this lady comes down off the cliff and pulls up or walks up to us and says, um, excuse me, you guys know the sun is setting, right? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm going, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see it's getting dark. Super and, aware. Yeah, super, super in tune with what you're saying. And she goes, well, I know the way out 
back to your car, you're the only car in the parking lot. In in the valley, you could see everything, like you said, especially from a mountaintop. There was only one car sitting there, and that was our car. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it is true today, but back then, car rentals in Sedona usually started with the letter Z Hmm. or Y. And so you could tell if you had a car rental only by the license plate. And she she saw, you know, okay, you got a car rental. You must be a tourist. You don't know what you're doing. It's sunsetting. She put it all together. And she came and she immediately told us we were like inches away from the the trail we were off the trail but Mm -hmm. we were very close I mean it wasn't like we were like in the middle of of the desert we were close it's just we weren't on the trail and our car was within like 10 paces right I mean it was so close area no but when it gets to to be dark in the valley you can't see anything they don't have it because the all you see is the darkness of the shadow of the mountains around you Mm-hmm. You don't see the perspective above, like you said, where you could see beyond the mountains where the sun is still shining on the opposite side of the mountain. In the valley, the right. mountain was blocking the, the light for mm-hmm. us to see. Right. She saw the entirety from up above and said, I'll take you to the car. Mm-hmm. I got back to our timeshare and I was in tears of gratitude to God for having us pulled us out in such a an amazing way because I didn't even know she was up there. I had no idea that anybody was on that mountain. Only God knew. Okay. And she told us, I think it was Alex who asked her, how can we repay you? And she said, no, for some reason, after I got off of work, God told me to come and sit on Bell Rock. And I didn't know why. It was getting dark and I know my way. But I didn't understand there was a bigger purpose. And that purpose was to lead you guys back to your car so you wouldn't be stranded. And I thought of those words and I thought, just like your parents receiving that $20 bill, this lady after work, after work, I want to come home and just do nothing and right. think of nothing and just be, you know, let go climb a big rock. Who I mean, would think of going hiking it's after not work? Climb, right? So she was obedient to the Lord, and she did her part her of part of of the blessing, not knowing, not right. knowing that we tourists from Florida would be going round and round and round this rock, completely lost, and needed her help right. to get back to our car. So that is part of the process in the valley. You have to recognize you need God Mm -hmm. and you have to ask for his help. Right. And come to him in prayer, not only for the help, but in gratitude and say, Lord, we know that you are faithful and you will will help us. Mm -hmm. You know, the psalmist um, knew he could trust David and David in, in Psalm 23 He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And David was on the run for his life, Mm -hmm. his very life. And he still knew God was with him Mm -hmm. even then. So the application for, for this week, I would say is turn to him, turn to God. When you're in the valley, always turn to him and come to him in prayer. For he is there waiting for you and he's with you Mm -hmm. to help you through all of the chapters in your life, the highs and the lows, just like your footprints has eloquently written. He's there with you beside you and there's two footprints, but during the valley, he's carrying you through. 
that valley. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today as Jennifer has shared her story and we have recognized that Jesus is our best friend. He is our everything and we are to, to rely on him through the highs and the lows. If you have any questions, feel free to go to our website, AnnabelleArtic.com. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, you can leave your notes there. Many blessings and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome to the In the Little Things podcast. If you feel that you might be missing out in the little things in life, things like joy, peace, purpose, and hope, well, it can be that distraction and busyness has gotten in the way. Hi, we are Jennifer Alhodge and Annabelle Arden, and we have created this podcast with you in mind. So often we miss out on the blessings that were meant for us. So let us encourage you as we journey together to pivot closer to God and see all the blessings he has for us. Take a deep breath, sit back, and God's got you covered, even in the little things. Oh, it's been so awesome spending time with you. Thank you for listening to today's In the Little Things podcast. As we navigate this journey together, I highly encourage you to hit the subscribe button so you will not miss the upcoming episodes. Feel free to share this with anyone you feel would be inspired, encouraged, or strengthened. And if you'd like to know more about the Annabelle Ardent Ministry, you can go ahead and push the button on this podcast, AnnabelleArdent.com. There you can find more information on the ministry itself and all the upcoming events, any new uh, merchandise that you can um, you can get for birthdays and stuff, you know. And also, if you wanted to leave any comments or anything private, you can do it there as well on my Connect page. Uh, for now, I just want to thank you again for being with me. Um, hit the like button if you uh, like this podcast. And uh, may God love just bless you and, and embrace you this week as you encounter him on a personal and closer level. I hope that you will see God's love in the little things. And uh, for now, I will see you next week. And until then, know that your presence has been purposed. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.